Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Rotorua, New Zealand with my new friend Chantal Patton of growingupwithoutborders.com. Chantal and her family travel the world and have never seen a place quite like Rotorua. The whole town is completely volcanic with steam coming out of the ground from the most unusual of places. In this episode, Chantal and I talk about the natural wonders of the pink terraces, visiting a buried village, and taking a treetop walkway in the redwoods. You'll hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Rotorua. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Chantel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be really fun. For sure. So I'm actually, first off, I got to say thank you to the listeners for recommending you. So it's always good when the listeners recommend an expert on one of the cities that we're, that we're looking to cover. So today we're talking about Rotorua, uh, New Zealand. And New Zealand's like a magical place. It's always been like on my bucket list of places to travel, especially after I watched Lord of the Rings, you know, like, like a lot of people, <laughs> we definitely want to go there and, and see some of those places. But what's your connection to Rotorua and, and what's going on in New Zealand? Well, first of all, Rotorua should be on everyone's bucket list. It is absolutely a very unique place and country to discover. For us, it's dear to our hearts because we were traveling actually in Central America and we met this amazing family of kind of nomadic people traveling just like us. They were doing the reverse trip, though. They were coming from Mexico going all the way down to Panama and we were coming from Panama going up to Mexico. And we bumped into each other in the country of Nicaragua. The very first day we met them, we hit it off and our three days that were supposed to be passing through Nicaragua turned into nine weeks and we literally hung out with them every day. So we just fell in love with them. They called themselves Kiwis. We were like, what is a Kiwi? You know, we didn't know anything <laughs> about New Zealand. <laughs> they were talking about their country, you know, being volcanic and geothermal. And we were like, oh, yeah, that sounds different. You know, sounds a little crazy, the ring of fire and everything. So anyway, fast forward to March 2020. They were like, come, come, come to New Zealand. And we were traveling through Cambodia and Sri Lanka. And we did the trip to go. And oh, my gosh, we fell in love with the country. And they showed us around. And this one area of Rotorua, it just has so much to offer that you can really experience all different kind of diverse activities and adrenaline seeking kind of things to do all within a really small perimeter of the city. So it's fantastic. Oh, that sounds so amazing. And it's so cool that you met them like traveling like that. And, and that's just, I think kind of speaks to the whole thing about travel is like, especially right now with you traveling with your family is that going out there and exploring and having a good time, you meet just some of the most amazing people. And more often than not, they're going to be absolutely friendly and want to talk all about their, their home country. Exactly, exactly that. And you know what, people can talk about their country. And it's really hard to visualize it if they don't really describe it to you. So when you get there, you're like, Oh, this is what they mean, you know. <laughs> so hopefully I'll do a good job describing <laughs> what it's like in Rotorua. <laughs> well, for sure. Well, actually, speaking of that, since you've been there for a little while, uh, and have met a, a ton of people, I'm sure. Could you describe like the people or, or the city in just a couple words? 
Yeah. The okay, the people of New Zealand in general and of the city are absolutely the most friendliest people. There are actually a lot of Maori, which is the people that came from Polynesia kind of over to Rotorua way back when. And so you get a, a real feel of the culture and the the land of, of New Zealand and what, what it represents. So they're just absolutely fantastic. You'll really enjoy them. Everyone's there to help each other out, you know, community driven that way. So yeah, it's a fantastic feel. Oh, that's so awesome. I know that like that being in the in the southern hemisphere, your weather's like flipped compared to what it is here in the US. What's the weather like throughout the year? And if somebody's planning their visit, like what part of the year should they plan on coming down there? Okay, so yes, it's absolutely flipped and reversed. However, their winters are still quite mild. And just to put it into perspective, you will see New Zealanders, Kiwis, wearing shorts and flip-flops all year round. Like this is pretty shocking because it does get quite cold in the winter months. So <laughs> just to keep in mind, but not not as much so that you'll have like snow and everything, and especially Rotorua, it's located on the North Island and quite a bit north. So it's, it's a very mild winter. So I would say you can go in the winter. However, the best time is going to be anywhere from, you know, November and then into our fall, which would be, let's see, the opposite, right? So end of, I'm saying it wrong, end of <laughs> September into maybe, because we're right now going into Spring. So I would say maybe to really play it safe, if you could pick the best time, would be November through till maybe February. And that way you're guaranteed nice warm weather. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My, my wife and I went to Australia in December and it was it was so funny, like seeing the ornaments. There was an ornament of Santa wearing like beach shorts and like flip-flops. So. Yeah, it's quite funny. And it's it's really hard to get rid of. I mean, they do what they call brides or barbecues uh, for their Christmas dinners, you know, and it's just everyone's out at the beach. And yeah, the whole school system's reversed. Everything's reversed from the Northern Hemisphere. So yeah, hard to wrap your head around. All right. So to get into uh, Rotorua, are there direct flights from the U.S. or do we fly into a, a more international airport and then take like a little short hop? to get to there yeah most people are going to fly into Auckland however depending on where you're coming from you know you might have people coming in from Australia or wherever there is an airport in Rotorua and it's one that will fly through Australia and some of the more internationals but oftentimes you can get probably a direct flight that just stops in Auckland and then jumps over to Rotorua but uh, the airport is literally I would say max like max max 10 minute drive to the downtown that's how close it is. So super easy. When you arrive, you can just walk outside. There's all the car rentals right there. And if you wanted to take a local bus, let's say if you're staying in the downtown, you may be able to do it with a local bus and everything. But if you're wanting to do attractions and activities, you're going to want to rent a car. New Zealand isn't a country where you can easily get from point A to point B with all their any type of trains or anything like that. So it's much easier to just rent your car and good to go. Okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. I and when you drive there, like I know when we drove in Australia, it was it took a little while to get used to because I was driving on the left side of the road. And every time I got to an intersection, I had to do the mental gymnastics of, okay, which lane do I turn into? Because I'm like thinking like the opposite of the U.S. hundred percent. Yeah. It's on the opposite side or or in their mind, it's on the right side. Yeah. But it's yeah. the opposite <laughs> of the U.S. And uh, they often will have in the rear of your mirror on the rentals, keep left keep left. So like, you're like, all right, keep left, keep left, you know, and you just have to keep telling yourself that and just don't drive when you're tired, you know, like <laughs> be very alert. <laughs> Maybe ask the passenger to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you got to like write it on your forehead in reverse. So that way, when you look in the mirror, you'll see it. Oh, it's so hard. The first like few months, I would always want to 
turn to the right to check my rearview mirror. I'm like, oh, right, it's on the left. Okay, okay, okay. you know, <laughs> it's just confusing <laughs> as heck. <laughs> and I know, like, on the on the intersections, also, like, you know, walking around the streets, it'll be the same thing. It'll have signs down on, on the on the ground a lot of times where it's like, look to your left or look to your right, so that way you don't walk out into track and get and get like a turn into a speed bump, right? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> So obviously renting a car is, is the best idea there. From that, you know, is parking pretty plentiful or is like parking expensive? Like how does that work uh, as we're moving around the city? Oh, super easy. Actually, so they do monitor their, their parking really regular with people walking around and ticketing and stuff. But what's great about New Zealand is most downtowns, I'm talking straight downtown, they have these zones and it'll have a P on it, meaning parking 60. You can park for 60 minutes free and then it'll put a little dollar sign if you have to pay. So it might say parking P60 or parking P180, you know, you have 180 minutes. And then if not, it'll give you the dollar sign and you know, you need to put money in. They have an app. So it's super easy to reload where you're parking. And then depending on where you're staying just outside, like there's lots of areas that are free as well to park where you can just park for free, which is great. Okay. That's really awesome. And then as far as like picking out a hotel, is there certain parts of town that we should plan on uh, getting a hotel or Airbnb, or are there any parts of town where maybe you want to avoid? Well, I would say anywhere that you're going to get an Airbnb and stuff like the the town itself is sprawled out quite a bit, but it's a very safe. The country itself is super safe. I mean, it's not a dangerous country by any means. You could probably find trouble anywhere you go, but I doubt it's going to happen in New Zealand, to be honest. I would suggest like there's some really great Airbnbs, of course, but there is a really neat place that we stayed at right in the downtown called Aura Accommodations. And what was really cool is everything's geothermal. So their pool was heated geothermally. They have radiators in the hotel room, which I know it sounds funny, but in New Zealand, a lot of people don't have radiators. So to have those radiators in like in inside heating, if you needed it, if it's a bit cold, they have that. And um, you're walking distance to all the main restaurants and the main pubs and stuff. So that's really cool as well. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, because especially if you're going to go out eating and everything or drinking, then it's nice that you can just walk around to everything instead of having to worry about trying to drive and, and especially in a, in a, in a different place that you're not used to. Yeah. And you can walk literally everywhere into the downtown. You can go to all the shops, you can go to the market from there. You can go to the spa, which has all this geothermal, hot thermal pools. Like everything is within walking distance right downtown. There are several uh, different places, but yeah, I would suggest Aura. So like you're, you're mentioning there, as far as like the actual city itself, maybe some of the attractions are kind of on the outskirts, but like the actual downtown area, very easy to walk. So like you can basically arrive at your hotel, wherever your accommodations are, leave your car and just walk around and then use the car if you need to go out and kind of explore on the outer outskirts of the city. It's exactly that. Yeah. So some of the attractions that I'll share after is um, driving distance, but for the most part, whether it's restaurants, even little convenience stores, uh, shopping, even some of the geothermal things you'll see within walking distance. It's just phenomenal. Uh, Local libraries, like everything's really kind of contained in that one downtown area, which makes it really nice. A lot of the hotels as well will have bikes that you can just use and bike around. So that makes for a nice little kind of jaunt that you want to do. And then if you want to start doing some of the attractions, yeah, you'll need a car. Perfect. Okay, so let's talk about some of those attractions. Like, what are some of the things that you recommend people do when they're visiting Rotorua? So, I have a huge list. So, hopefully, you guys who are listening, you're ready to go. Write this down. <laughs> <laughs> so, the one thing that's really cool is they have redwoods trees, which are the same ones that are in California, except for in New Zealand, they tr- they grow so tall because of the volcanic soil. It makes them grow like super fast. 
and you have this tree top walk where you go really high up into the trees and at night they have it all lit up and it's quite magical to see it's absolutely beautiful so that's one that's really cool then they have massive massive amounts of bike trails like um, mountain bike trails and you can go and you can rent the mountain bikes and then you go and I'm talking just huge mountain of trails I mean it's just you can go on and on and on it's just huge and beautiful and then at the end of your bike trail at the very bottom of the hill there's this place called the secret spot and what they do is they serve local beers and you have these little pools geothermal hot pools where you put your feet in while you enjoy a drink so it's quite cool Or you can sit in these barrels of like hot whirlpools, basically, all geothermal. So that's another thing that you could do. Then a short drive away, you've got a couple different volcanic kind of places. One is called Waimangu, and the other one is like a volcanic valley. And it's from, if you can imagine, one, it was the eighth wonder of the world. They have these like pools of, um, it was called the, the pink terraces, and the other one I forget. But basically, they were these beautiful terraces. And back in the 19 early hundreds, people were coming from overseas just to come see this. And there was this one geyser shooting up for four years, I believe. And it was higher, if you can imagine, than the Empire State Building. And it erupted and it basically once it erupted, you know, it just destroyed everything. And now there's this beautiful volcanic valley that you can walk through. You see these bubbling waters and mud and blue as blue, but it's all, you know, very acidic. So, of course, you can't touch it, but the whole ground is steaming up, right? And then you could do a beautiful boat tour there and go see some of the volcanoes and all along the lake. You just have this like magical steam coming out of the ground. So it's quite unique, I must say. That sounds amazing. It's almost like um, kind of like over in uh, Yellowstone where they have all that yes. the, the pools where it's they're very pretty, but don't touch them because one, a lot of them are, are boiling hot, uh, and two, like you know, there's a lot of microorganisms in there. If I get like your oils from your skin or your know, trash or whatever, it can like it can kill them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very dangerous. <laughs> and, <laughs> and New Zealand's the country that's kind of like you know, if you're the idiot that falls in, that's your fault. You know, <laughs> not like in the U.S. where you're signing waivers and stuff. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Do it on your own, which is hilarious. And so you're you're mentioning as far as like the the mountain bike trails and everything. And I know you're traveling with the, with your, your family. Uh, I travel a lot of times with my young kids. Uh, that right now they're six and ten. Are the trails enough where kids can ride on the bikes too, or do you have to like? bring a trailer or something like that. So that way they can ride in the back while you are doing all the pedaling. Uh, well, depends on where you go, but the one that I'm thinking of with this mountain, um, it's definitely, they're going to want to do their own. And there are trails that are beginners, intermediate, you know, advanced. So, because this is like world renowned where professionals come and do crazy things down the mountains. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's like going to the ski resort, like taking a beginner on the black diamonds, like, Oh, that's, that's a bad idea. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and then there's this other thing that you can do, another mountain. So you can go up very, uh, and and, I mean, like they're not huge mountains. Like we're not talking Switzerland or anything, but they're still big enough, right? Um, So you can take like a chairlift up or a gondola up first. And then they have this thing called the luge. And a luge in French is like a sled. And so they call it the luge. And you sit on this thing. And again, it's New Zealand, okay, right? So you're going in. I was thinking, "Ah, how scary can this thing be, right? And thankfully, the guy at the front, he's like, "Um, have you done this before? I'm like, no. He goes, no, go over to the beginners. So I'm like, okay. So I go in the beginner's line. 
And you literally go down with these little, almost like a little go-kart, but with no machine, like no, oh, yeah. no, nothing to make you go. And you're just going down and you're steering and you can't take your hands off. And it is the most thrill-seeking thing you'll ever do. <laughs> it was so much fun. So you could do that there. And you can also bike there as well. They have like uh, different things like a crazy swing that you can go on. So that's all within the area. They also have this thing called the Zorb, which um, you basically stick yourself into this round bubble and you're in your bathing suit and they put water inside and you roll down a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> my wife would like look at me like, I'm not going on that. You can go on it, but I'm not going. That. That's what my wife would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's all. That's all, and that's all. Like literally, you're talking about like ten, fifteen minutes from Rotorua, like all within the perimeter. It's it's very close. So the one that I was talking that you go up is called the skyline with illusions and stuff like that. Then maybe we should talk about things that are a little less kind of thrill seeking for those who just want to just maybe more relaxed kind of thing. One thing that you could do is you can go to a place called Buried Village. And if you've ever heard of like Pompeii in Italy, that's the, the town, the whole city that was underground after a volcanic eruption. And they have the same thing here. It's not as big, but you can go see and they explain to you all the different things of how it was at the time and what happened when the eruption took place. And you can see a buried village, basically, of a village that was buried under volcanic ash, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They also have a place called Tipuya. And there is where you get a real local authentic feel. They explain to you the Maori culture. They explain to you the Morais. And then you can do this thing called a hunky, I think. They put the food underneath the ground and they cook it. And because it's geothermal, it actually cooks the food. And so this is something that they do here in New Zealand. And you can experience all at this one place called Tipuya. They also have an area where you'll see their native bird, which is actually a kiwi bird. And it's a nocturnal bird. So you walk through and it's all dark and you can see the kiwi birds walking around. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Cause especially because like you know, you're traveling with your with your children. I'm not sure how old they are, but it's one of those things that especially if you're doing it full time, that you want to have these educational experiences. Like it's still a lot of fun, but it's like you're mixing in like the educational component. That way they're continuing to learn. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I would add to that because we did this one activity called the canopy tours and it's zip lining through the trees. And you would think, oh, this is just going to be a, a thrilling and fun, adventurous thing. But no, they actually take you through and explain all the native trees. They explain the native birds and they, they go through it all because New Zealand is a country out of the whole world has the most indigenous and unique species of trees and animals and, and things like that, that other countries don't have. So it's really quite unique. That was what I was so surprised at. I thought we were just going zip lining, but it was really more so a very educational process about whole, their whole forest and everything like that. So it was really well done. And you'll find a lot of places do that here. They're very much about protecting their environment, protecting their country and their native species. So yeah, really cool. I wonder about like, with New Zealand, because I know that Australia, like the joke is that every animal there can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same where there's a lot of like poisonous and like, you know, animals that you got to worry about? Okay. There? there is absolutely zero 
harmful animals here or insects. There's maybe, I think I've heard of one, but it is like the opposite of Australia. First of all, there's nothing bigger than like, um, there's no fox, there's no wolves, there's no bears. There's nothing big that'll kill anybody. So the biggest thing you're going to see is like people have deer that they farm and, but you'll see rabbits and something called a possum. And here a possum is like a pest. So they actually try to get rid of them, but there's nothing bigger than that. And you can camp, you can sleep outside and nothing will bite you and harm you. Or no snake that'll harm you. Like nothing. Absolutely zero. Isn't that crazy? That's good news <laughs> because uh, I know like whenever we go to Australia, it's like do not touch anything. Wrap yourself up in like plastic to make sure like you're protected. Everything, everything like that. Yeah, no, no. It's the opposite. <laughs> this is I think why people like, – it's known for their great walks. Like they're known – people are – it's known to come to New Zealand, go for a three, four-day walk and stay in these little huts along the way. It's it's quite known for freedom camping and stuff like that. I think mainly because it's so safe. That's incredible. Now, like kind of the opposite of safe, uh, one thing like we were talking about like different like risky activities or different thing, things that are like more thrill-seeking. I understand that the Rotorua has like one of like the largest whitewater rafting rapids that you can go on. Yes, actually, it is absolutely crazy. So there's, it's the, the largest rapid, it's seven meters, and it's the largest that you can do commercially. So there are others that are higher, but not commercially done. And so you go and it's along the Kaituna River. And basically, you you go and you're with a guide, obviously, and you go down these crazy rapids. It's absolutely thrill seeking and amazing. And <laughs> we did it. It was amazing. <laughs> did you? And did you bring your children on that or is that something that we like, did? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So now um, my kids though are 13, 16, 17. The 13 year old was not allowed to do it. So I think at the time she may have been 12 and I think now she would be able to, but yeah, they do have a limit on the age. So just keep that in mind. This here is only a 20 minute max drive out of Rotorua. And along the way are some beautiful lakes that you can swim in as well. Some of the lakes have thermal uh, geothermal pools that you can go to. So that's something quite unique. That's uh, very interesting and unique. They also have beautiful hikes along some of the, the lakes right in and around Rotorua, literally like 10 minutes away. So it's quite nice. The other thing you can do that's a little thrill seeking is a river jet boat tour. And what's unique about it was well, so New Zealand invented the jet boats, I guess, back in the day. And so you go through this river and you're kind of dodging, you know, the, the sides of the river. And it's also geothermal all along. So they bring you to spots that you could see the mist coming out of the, the rocks. And then you actually, you go with these wetsuits and you walk through where the volcano, you know, would have erupted and gone through. And so now it's left like this little crevice and you're going through these tight little rocks to get to the uh, the end, and at the end, there's this really warm waterfall that drops on you. All the geothermal warm water. It's just absolutely amazing. That sounds incredible. What a wonderful experience. Yeah. So there's like so much to do in such a small little contained area. That is absolutely awesome. Now, uh, I don't want to run out of time before we talk about some of the food there, because I understand there's probably some really amazing food uh, right there in like Rotorua, as far as like that are more authentic or some just like really great restaurants. Yeah. So right in the, in the downtown, there is one street and it's covered, which is very nice because it gives a nice atmosphere. And then if there's any kind of rain, you don't have to worry about it, but everything's kind of indoor and or outdoor at the same time. So in that one little kind of, I'll call it a corridor, an outdoor corridor, if you will, they have every single kind of restaurant you can possibly imagine. So any type of food that you want to try uh, would be there. There's one restaurant 
that we enjoyed while we were there called Ambrosia. And they have like these pick meals where you can pick uh, a different meal and you get like a starter a meal and then your dessert, which is like oftentimes a local dessert. So that was really nice. Oh, that sounds awesome. What are some of the other restaurants that, that you really enjoyed while you were there? Um, one's called Abracadabra and it was like a Mexican one. So who doesn't like Mexican food, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Is there like a, uh, like a local breakfast or something like that? If you're getting ready to go out, is there something that's like more traditional that way? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. They do have the most amazing cafes here in New Zealand. So anywhere you go, you're not going to find just like a coffee that's watered down. You actually have like every single place has a proper barista, right? With a proper machine. Even I'm talking even side of the road as you're driving in the middle of nowhere, you'll find amazing cafes right where that Kaituna Rapids were. There's a cafe there and they all sell really good pastries, meat pies. They're very well known for meat pies um, and different things like that. So you can pretty much, I would say, go out, get a breakfast anywhere and it's going to be delicious with good coffee. Oh, that's great. Yeah, my wife is all about the coffee. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be super happy. Okay. What about uh, if, uh, say you have like a sweet tooth after dinner or maybe like afternoon snack and you want like some ice cream or candy or something like that, or chocolate, where would you go for something like that? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, okay. So we're not very big sweet tooths, but we love our chocolate and they do have a brand here called Whitaker's Chocolate. So if somebody's needing a little chocolate fix, you can go to any, what they call dairies, which are like their little convenient areas. You can go grab yourself some really good authentic New Zealand chocolate or desserts. I would say again, probably any cafe would serve some really amazing pastries and stuff like that. They do have this one thing, I don't even know what they call it, but basically it looks like a hot dog bun and then they put fresh cream inside and it's absolutely to die for, but I don't know the name of it. So (laughs) (laughs) if you're going, you're just going to find it yourself. (laughs) Nice, nice. All right. Well, cool. Well, Sandel, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Rotorua. I learned a lot and it sounds absolutely magical, but now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Rotorua, where should they go and what should they eat? Oh, go to Abracadabra and go enjoy a nice Mexican dish. Yeah, most people don't think about getting Mexican when they're when they're theirs, but it, it sounds like a really awesome place. Now, <laughs> now, when you were there, I mean, I'm sure you created some really awesome memories. It sounds like you had a lot of experiences. What's one of your most memorable? Oh, I would have to say it, it was mountain biking. And that's just because I was with my friends, you know, my mates, as they say here, and just enjoying a nice cold drink. And putting our feet in the hot pools at the end of the day. It was just like such a reward. You know, you go exercise and then ah, you get to enjoy and relax. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you uh, you earned your benefit there. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of good times and, and happy memories and everything, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Rotorua? Ooh, um, there's a place called Brew. And I would say that's all local, you know, local brew. So definitely that would be the best place for happy hour. Awesome. That sounds good. Now, whenever I travel, I always check out the local pizza. Where would you recommend me getting a, the best place for pepperoni pizza in Rotorua? Well, for me, I always go with the Italian names, right? Because I figure, oh, if it's Italian name, it's got to be good pizza. So there's a place called Giovanni's Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria. So that's where I would suggest going. <laughs> that sounds good. You've been to so many different countries. You're traveling the world right now with your family. What's one of your best travel tips? Travel light. Don't bring too much because you can always buy things while you're there. So less is more, basically, when you're traveling, especially if you're going to do long term or you know overseas. It's just easier. Just travel light. I uh, totally agree. So, all right. Well, Chantel, I really appreciate you sharing all these tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? 
Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So we started traveling back in 2013 with my three girls at the time. They were five, seven, and nine. And now fast forward, you know, eight years later, we've been to a hundred countries and we have this wild, wacky mission to visit every country in the world. And so just recently we started documenting it all on our YouTube travel channel called Growing Up Without Borders. That's who we are. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. We'll, we'll definitely include some links to some of your videos in the show notes. So that way people can see your awesome videos. If people have questions about your videos or about Rotorua or any of the other countries that you visited, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Well, it's perfect timing because we are literally everything I just talked about is going to be coming out in videos all on Rotorua. So on YouTube, just on our channel, Growing Up Without Borders, and search Rotorua and you'll get all the details there. Well, again, uh, thanks for coming on the show and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was really nice connecting with you, Lee. What a fun conversation with Chantal. New Zealand is definitely on my travel bucket list, and I can't wait to visit someday. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash road to real. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner to today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay wrinkle-free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEE to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Toronto, Canada to speak with my new friend Brandon Miller of MySecondPassport.ca. In this episode, Brandon and I talk about visiting the Toronto Christmas Market, taking a ferry to Toronto Island, and exploring the Flatiron Building. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <music>